Hey, this is Victor Chustel, and you're listening to Who Are You Again? A show where I call people that probably want nothing to do with me. If you like what you hear, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Phone ringing off the hook. Got me a little shook. Who's on the Hello, 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 and welcome to Who Are You Again? Where I have phone calls with people during this never-ending story that is COVID-19. Today, I'm speaking with a girl I met a few years ago when I first moved to Philly. She dated one of my good friends. She's a local-based singer and songwriter that is a part of pop music duo Red Letter. She's at least a double threat because she's also an actor. She'll have to tell you yourself if she considers herself a dancer. Kirsten Keller, how are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Very much not a dancer. (laughs) I was Um, really curious. I was like, I know she can do costuming and I know she can sing and act. But I was like, is she a dancer? I've always wanted to be one, like aspirations out the wazoo (laughs) but i don't know i took dance as a kid i could just never do the splits or do anything crazy and i just kind (laughs) of let it go by the wayside i am an excellent mover though that's what i that's what i'd say like a nice step touch a little clap here and there you know i wish i could say that i was a mover at least (laughs) um i'm awful like whenever there were yeah whenever there were like auditions and callbacks and there was like you know choreo that we had to learn honestly it was a train wreck (laughs) yeah the callbacks the callbacks I could never do I can't do things I can't pick things up super quickly I think that was also my problem but yeah I I feel your pain there for sure have you done any shows not recently I think the last show I did was I was working with the National Theater for Children do you know Angie Angie Fennell. I don't know if I've ever met her, but I know her because she went to Temple. We'll say that. Oh, yeah. She did go to Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was three years ago. So it's been a while. Yeah. So if I was a bad dancer then, then, you know, now it's... (laughs) (laughs) Things have taken a turn for the worst. (laughs) Exactly. So how Um, are you? When was the last time that we've seen each other? I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, I'm not sure... I think it might have been my Halloween party at my old house or your Friendsgiving. I don't know which one came first. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the two things that I was thinking of, too. And I was like, well, Friendsgiving's in November and your Halloween party, I would assume, was (laughs) in October. October. Literal years ago, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's been at least two years. I almost Mm -hmm. think three, but maybe it was two years. I don't know. Hold on, I can figure this out. Well, last year, no. The year before, no. It was the year before, so it would have been 2018. Oh, wow. That seems so long ago I now. know. God. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really help that, like, we're in this pandemic and we're Trump's our president. So oh, now my, my God, <laughs> I know. Everything has just dragged on forever. 
I saw the best the best one so far was, you know, all the memes. I saw one earlier. It was my plans and it was a picture of Regina George and then it said 2020 and it was just a picture of a school bus. And like <laughs> at first my brain was like, wait, I don't get it. And then I looked at I was like, oh my God, that's a good one. So. There's been I love that meme. There was one for like Game of Thrones. There was one with I don't know if you're a Sex in the City fan. I, I can't say that I am, but well, there was a guy on that show who dumped Carrie, mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Yeah. He dumped her via post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah, rough. Wow. Ouch. You know, I actually think I did that one time in like the like sixth grade. I think I had my friend like pass <laughs> a like, folded up note to my quote-unquote boyfriend at the time to break up with him. So, oh my God. Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm a post-it note, post-it note heartbreaker, I guess. <laughs> Those were the days, though. I mean, honestly, yeah, right. it was all about no passing in I elementary know. school. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, I loved it, too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, life is... I don't actually mind quarantine as, like, a relatively heavy introvert. I've been uh, mm-hmm. I've been living kind of my best life. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, like, the lack of my close friends sucks, but... Overall, I'm like, oh, yes, another day of relaxing and reading my novels and making crafts <laughs> and cooking. I don't know. That's that's what my friend Aaliyah actually said. She said the same thing as really? you. She's, yeah, she's naturally an introvert. And mm-hmm. so she's like, well, honestly, like, my life hasn't changed that much. And I actually love not, like, going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I miss bars because, like, I love, I love a bar. Don't get me wrong there, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you working? I am still working. Okay. So right now I work with my friend Anthony. He sells unlimited data. Ooh. Ooh, I know fancy. <laughs> For just like your He's... brain? Can I have that? Like, <laughs> do I get a hard time? He sells... <laughs> He sells to people in places where they normally can't get like unlimited service. Uh, okay. So, yeah. We have a lot of customers in like rural Virginia, parts of Texas, et cetera. But but I do like billing and stuff for him and I'm still going to work every day. So that aspect of my life really hasn't changed. So I'm sure for those people that haven't been going to work and then once this is, you know, quote unquote over and they have to transition to actually physically going back to Mm -hmm. work, that's going to really suck. For real. Yeah. So what have you been doing to like stay busy during this? Well, so I am also still working kind of sort of in a, in a strange way. So, well, as you mentioned earlier, I do freelance costume design pretty heavily now versus acting anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, so for the past, I guess, two years now, I've really been in the heat of costuming. And, you know, I, of course, had all my jobs lined up prior to all this for the spring and summer and everything just kind of like got pulled out from under me. But I also, I've been working, I was part-time and now I'm full-time. I work at a bridal shop in Old City. Oh. Yeah, but we only sell bridesmaid dresses. We don't sell any wedding dresses, which is always a weird thing. So yeah, we're a store solely, (laughs) solely for bridesmaids to come in and buy the bridesmaid dresses. But I've been running like I go to the store once a week and I run virtual appointments with brides and we pick out their bridesmaid dresses and we've just been doing everything over email and through Zoom. And mm-hmm. it's, it's somehow like more exhausting than being like in person with people, though, because I feel like when you're over video, you have to be like 
extra peppy because it's, you know, you're, you've got a screen in between you. That's been an interesting, weird part of my life. But yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still working there. I do emails and virtual appointments. And so that's, that takes up some time for sure. That's so fascinating. Yeah. A company that like strictly sells bridesmaids. Yeah, it's a dresses. whole franchise too. There's like one in every uh, city across the country apparently that just they just popped up in the last couple of years and people are really into it. So whatever. I mean, the wedding industry is just bonkers. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many people now that, you know, are kind of in limbo. Like I mm-hmm. know a few people that we're supposed to get married like this month and last month, but they either like rescheduled to next year and some of them just canceled their wedding altogether and just did like a small private ceremony at home. Yeah, I feel like that's probably what I would do if I was getting married right now. I would just like do the marriage thing and then like once all this nonsense like hopefully dies down, throw a giant party for everybody. Like that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Something super chill. So the idea of like buying dresses online, I feel like that must make your job really stressful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. I mean, we sell a lot of like, quote unquote, better quality bridesmaid dresses, but there's all those like websites now where people can buy like dresses for $50 and not worry about it. But you also like get it and it's balled up in like a bag from some like (laughs) off-brand country that made it in like two hours and probably cost them 50 cents like you know it it ain't that cute uh that's definitely our main competition is that and yeah i mean at the end of the day they're still kind of ordering online at this point with us it's normally a much more personal experience Mm -hmm. but you know they're like oh but i saw the same dress online for like 20% 20% cheaper. Can you match that? And we're like, no, we're like a small business. That's what people forget. Like, yeah, like we're trying to survive, <laughs> yeah, also. especially right now. It's like we certainly cannot look into doing that, but yeah. So, does your company do they like outsource dresses as well as create their own dresses or are all the dresses from like different brands? Um, all different, all different brands. We carry like 30 different popular brands bridesmaid designers and people are like oh i've heard of them before and they're like i'll take these dresses so yeah nothing nothing uh custom made all designer based but yeah that's pretty cool it's fine funny enough i actually handed in my two weeks notice prior to all of this (laughs) and then um my girlfriend and i was like hey um can i not quit is that cool Like my, all of my income that I was leaving to go do uh, got taken away. And my boss slash owner is amazing. She was like, absolutely, you can stay as long as you need to. So rock star. But yeah, I quit my job and then this, but I unquit. <laughs> I've never unquit something in my life, but yeah. Oh my and God, then, how awkward was uh, that? Oh, not that awkward. We're like really good friends on top of her being my boss. So, mm-hmm. but it was super, I was like, oh God, what if she just says no? Because like, you know, Right now, you can't. Yeah. You'd rather have less employees than more employees, but luckily, I'm I'm a vital part of the the bridesmaid shopping. So, <laughs> yeah. you're an essential employee, I am, basically, <laughs> for all the brides out there. But yeah, and then today, I was actually supposed to be in Portugal. I was supposed to be in Portugal for three weeks. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so yeah, sorry. I, just that. I was looking at the date. I was like, oh yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, so well, it's weird that Memorial Day is 
you know, this Isn't weekend. Isn't it normally later? Like, I'm confused by that. <laughs> oh, I think it is normally around this is time. It? I mean, we are at the end I of know, May. I know, it's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrifying. Like, dear God. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. Yeah, my mom, I, I talked to my mom. She's like, what are you doing for Memorial Day weekend? I'm like, what? I'm not doing. There's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> to do. <laughs> no. Like, um, I'll be doing the same thing I did in March and the same April. thing I did in April. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But you know, I don't know. Are you doing anything fun for Memorial Day weekend? <laughs> no, not really. Actually, I just got invited to my boss's mountain Ooh. house. Yeah. And I'm thinking of going. I've been very, very strict about following like the pandemic guidelines and everything. But I'm around my boss literally every single day anyway. And we're going to his other house. So I figure it's probably fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. It's very all-American, like a mountain house weekend. (laughs) Yeah, get some burgers going. Um, (laughs) Get some burgers. Yeah, that's. I've been like pretty lax. My boyfriend, he works at DeBruno Brothers. And so he's he's considered an essential worker because believe it or not, DeBruno Brothers is considered essential. Which (laughs) I have just had a whole like ridiculous like arguments like what even like oh i need my specialty olives in the middle of a pandemic like no oh my god so he's exposed a lot so i'm just like and i have two roommates so i'm like well all these people i'm surrounded by see other people other than myself (laughs) so i can't say i've been super strict but i've been trying yeah i mean you know i was just talking to another friend my friend Mm -hmm. owen and now that we've reached this point where this has been going on for at least 90 ugh, days, ugh. I, I, yeah, right. I think, I don't know. I was never the prepper who was like, oh my God, I need to buy everything at the right. store and like cave myself in. I've, I wasn't like that at the beginning, but I was, and I am still genuinely practicing all the safe mm-hmm. guidelines, but I think I'm reaching a point where I'm like, okay, it's been 90 days in Pennsylvania. There really hasn't been any shift in like tackling this virus. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's going away by any means. And I acknowledge that. But at the same time, like I'm not going to cave myself into my apartment and never leave. So like, yes, I'll go on walks yeah. or I'll go to the store to pick something up. And like that for me has been honestly like a form of self care Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to go, you know, to an amusement park (laughs) or go lick, yeah, or go lick like subway Mm. cars and like pretend that I know (laughs) mm, (laughs) and pretend that this isn't happening. But at the same time, I don't know how realistic it is at this point for everyone to never leave their house right. this far into and, the game. Um, actually, my bandmate and I have been talking about it a lot because, you know, we're trying to do music and stuff. And it's like, well, do we see each other? Like, I don't know. But he's very much like thinking the next step for everybody is just to like slowly expand your social circle, which I agree with. Because like you said, if we've been mm-hmm. quarantined for 90 days, like majority of us have been doing the same thing this whole time, like going to the same grocery store or seeing the same couple Mm -hmm. people. So like we've all probably maxed out our exposure 
for out of the limitations we have right now. You know, like we can't go to a bar. We can't go to an amusement park. We can't go lick the subway station poles or whatever. You know, <laughs> so like because we've been limited this long, it's most likely that we would have been exposed by now, in my opinion. So if you're still just doing the same things, like I guess you can just see the same people and just slowly incorporate like a few more in there, like sprinkle a few and just see what happens. Yeah, and see... It's such a controversial topic, mm-hmm. oh God, <laughs> you know? know, like there is so much shaming going on on Facebook. And I honestly, like, I, I know for the past week or so, I've been really kind of, I mean, I still post on Facebook, but I've really been trying not to be on oh, there yeah. as much because the negativity has reached <laughs> a oh. brand new level. It's <laughs> it really awful. Is. Yeah. I experienced that at the beginning of all this. Like I was obsessed with like reading articles and like following everything. And then I was like, I can't keep mm-hmm. doing this. Like it was, it was unnecessary. So I've like very much, you know, things still pop up of course, but like I don't seek them out anymore. Cause it's almost unhealthy. Like it is what it is. You know, as long as you're being safe, like you can't control the rest of the world, unfortunately. And that's, that's what I've learned. A hundred percent. Like, you know, at the end of the day, sadly, people are going to do what they mm-hmm. want to do. And so, yes, there are people who are throwing like circuit parties <laughs> at their houses. And I <laughs> highly think, you know, disagree yeah. with that and think that that's awful and probably not smart. But at the same time, it's not my job or my duty to go shame them and try to convince them why what they're doing probably isn't a good right. idea. And also, like, no matter how many bad things you say or bad reasons you give them, they're probably not going to change their mind at the end of the day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as I was saying earlier, you make up one half of the music duo Red sure Letter, <laughs> which I should tell people is spelled... <laughs> <laughs> not re but it's r3 letter d letter l t t r red letter so how did you and your is it your cousin <laughs> justin we say cousin because like that's the easiest way to describe it but realistically he is my mom's cousin's daughter's husband yeah, oh, so shit. cousin is just like, he's, he, we're, you know, we're related. We're not blood, but we're familially related. So cousin is just cuts out all, all that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like once you reach a certain point with like making family connections, everyone just becomes yes, a exactly. <laughs> so, and we wanted to make sure like it was very clear that we were family because he has a wife and two children. And we were like, this is not supposed to be weird. He is my cousin. Mm, yeah (laughs) Yeah. that makes sense because yeah everyone would then assume like oh that right and it's like dear god no we don't need that so (laughs) 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 how did you guys come up with the band name and like what's the origin story of how you guys came together to form red letter um i'll start with the the band forming so i mean you know justin and i have been at countless family gatherings together just his family. He's like a pretty well, as he says, he's semi-famous in certain circles. He's a very well-known electronic music producer. He uh, had a couple previous projects, lots of like ambient stuff. He's written a lot of like movie soundtracks, mm-hmm. just really like cool, interesting things. And I never really like thought twice about it because 
not that I would say that's something that never interested me, but you know, I'm not going to sing on an ambient track, you know? <laughs> so I just, like, <laughs> I just kind of assumed like we were in two different worlds. You know, I was over here singing show tunes. He was over there writing the Zen music you hear on an elevator. Like there felt like a strong discord <laughs> in the middle. Um, you didn't want to be the I, next oh, Enya? God, Enya <laughs> so great. What a woman, but no. <laughs> no, I cannot say that was on my top 10 uh, aspirations at any point in my life. <laughs> so yeah, we were just never connected in that way. And then weirdly enough, I was like chilling at La Colum in Fishtown and he walked in and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit, dude, what's up? And he and I just got chatting and he mentioned something about like electronic pop music. And he's like, we should like try this. Like, I just wrote this really cool track. Like, I'm feeling cool, like good about it. And you sing and like, let's give this a go. So he sent it to me and I was like, mm-hmm. I was pretty into it. You know, I was like still dipping my toes in because I was like, again, electronic music, show tunes. What? Like, I'm supposed to be on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, always have written songs, always have written poetry, you know. Um, that's always been a mm-hmm. big part of my healing processes when I deal with, like, troublesome things and whatnot. And so I was, like, looking back at some of those things that I wrote and pieced together a song, which was our first song that we recorded was Don't Let Me Go. It's uh, one of the songs on our EP. And... Yes, yes, <laughs> make the plug, Kirsten. But yeah, that was the first song <laughs> we ever wrote together, and... I think we were both (laughs) pleasantly surprised and realized, oh, this could actually be a thing. And then we started writing tracks that were more like things we had both worked on versus things he had previously recorded for other things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's how we came together. Yeah. That's so cool. It It came to me personally at a very poignant point in my life. I was in a rut of sorts, just emotionally mm-hmm. feeling very stuck. And a lot of the beginnings of this was a way for me to like throw myself into something positive and that I felt really good about. That's sort of where Red Letter came from because Justin was, Justin really, he's my bandmate, also known as JG. He wanted me to name the band because, you know, as the singer, I guess he felt like I had more emotional yeah, like more of, more of a face, face. more of the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Whereas he did a lot of the logistics. He still does. I don't know half the stuff he does. God bless that man. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, it's so simple. And I'm like, what? He's a tech genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought a lot about it because I didn't want it to be like super cheesy, but like still wanted it to mean something to me. And I thought about where a lot of my lyrics came from and. I landed on Red Letter really because of the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne, the like terrible classic book. Oh, I love that book. I don't like the book, (laughs) but I like the message um, (laughs) in a way of the like, you know, this woman powered through, even though all these people were just throwing her down. And I think that's really cool. And so Red Letter it was because the A in Scarlet Letter is obviously red. And then Mm -hmm. as far as the spelling goes, I wanted it to have kind of an electronic-y feeling to it. So I went for a three and making the three red. And, you know, when you extract vowels from a word, apparently you become an electronic artist. So I just I just followed suit there. <laughs> um, 
And then, <laughs> yeah, a little unknown secret. To start an electronic pop band. Just take out the vowels. <laughs> yeah, and then I looked into it a little bit more after, and it turns out there's something called Red Letter Day in like ancient times, which is like the start of something new. Like people celebrate it. So I was like, well, this is a new thing for me, and it's kind of a new chapter of my life. Oh, wow. So that was like a nice little oh icing on the cake kind of thing. Not even realizing it when I dove into all this. That is yeah. so neat. I love. I've mentioned self-care, I think, <laughs> self-care already. Self-care is very important. <laughs> it's very important. But I think, you know, creating this band with him, allowing it to really give you back a sort of oomph that you said that you were felt like you were missing mm-hmm. and that you needed, I think that's great. And I, I'm a huge advocate for people going out and doing the things necessary to really make them feel passionate and excited yeah, again. Yeah, you know? it's, it's certainly been that for me, without a doubt. So you guys, like your sound, as you described, and I would agree, is like electric pop yeah. or electro pop. Would you say that that was like a genre that you were interested in prior? Was he interested in electro pop or was he more on just like the electric um, I side? Mean, you know, I love my pop music definitely guilty pleasure of mine but if you had told me personally like i don't know even four years ago like hey kirsten you'll be recording uh, electronic music in like two and a half years <laughs> i'd be like get the fuck and wait oh shit I'm first. Sorry. <laughs> okay oh yeah of I'd course like, you are of course of here. like you're insane <laughs> i never envisioned this for myself but it has been a better fun thing than i could have ever anticipated because I personally don't think people also give modern pop enough credit. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot of the lyrics are cheesy and they rhyme and, you know, whatever else. But it's hard to write a catchy song. Like, the goal of pop music is for it to be popular. It's like, it is difficult to write a song Mm -hmm. that appeals to the masses and has a catchy tagline. And I think sometimes people are like, you know, they look at it as a very uh, two-dimensional art. But really, I have learned through trial and tribulation that, like, not everything is good. And you've got to find that thing that connects with people on a deeper level through something that might not sound as deep. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's totally a craft. And you mentioned how pop music is sometimes seen as, like, cheesy and corny. And I actually think that that might be what makes it very difficult to write. It's because you're wanting it to be catchy so mm-hmm. that people remember it. But at the same time, you know, I imagine if you're writing a pop song and it's coming off too catchy, you're like, oh, God, (laughs) this is like (laughs) suit, cringe, cringe, cringe. And I think, (laughs) yeah, yeah, there's a fine balance. And so I think that I would imagine would make it be one of the most difficult processes of writing a pop song. But I'm very much a person who is always up for a challenge. So this was at first a bit of a weird thing for me but I've definitely I've definitely learned to like it a lot even love it if I will <laughs> and uh, Justin is very similar <laughs> in that way like he likes to look at things from like the technical point of view so he you know as soon as we started doing this was listening to like podcasts on like how to make the perfect pop song and joined all these Facebook groups and like analyzed chord changes and the certain rhythms that catch people so he really likes pop music, too, more than I ever thought. He's older, too, and I don't know. He just threw himself right into the modern, like, Carly Rae Jepsen and everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. you do you. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I love. Wait, did you go to her concert? So, <laughs> ah, so I went to her okay. Emotion Tour concert. What was that? Like four years ago. And I was originally going to go to her dedicated tour last year, oh. but I ended up not going. And I can't remember. Something came up where I oh, couldn't go. Yes, yeah, super bummer. Have you heard the site oh, no, that just I came out not, today? I have not been really on the internet today at all. I'm going to, I'm, as soon as we're done, I'm going to listen to oh. it though, for sure. It is so good. And I was actually going to bring up Carly Rae Jepsen because I feel like your new song, Undeniable Love, plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Reminds me a lot of like that similar sound. It's kind of 80s, but modern twist. And I love particularly at the beginning of the song, you have like this really awesome like breathiness to the opening lyrics. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Ah, It's so poppy and I love it. (laughs) Thanks. So can you tell us more about the song? Totally. Yeah. Well, we're big Carly Rae fans, of course. Dustin loves Carly Rae. I love Carly Rae. We, this is not about the song. I'm sidebarring. Um, <laughs> we, we went to her last concert and Justin knows people in like the ticketing world. So we got like front row VIP seats to see Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's so nerdy and I love it. Oh my God. I'm so jealous. Uh, like there was a bunch of like 12 year olds around us and it was just like, <laughs> us chill. And we're like, this is fine. I'm cool with it. <laughs> She's, like, way older than I thought she was. And I was, like, mad respect. Like, Yeah, she's, I think, so, like, 34, maybe? Yeah, which, of course, isn't old. But, like, you just... I always, like, instantly assume everyone is, like, 19 when they're <laughs> on stage at this day and age. But, yeah, Undeniable Love. So, if you listen to the EP, Plug, 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 um, it's, it's <laughs> a little depressing in its own way. That was a big part of the beginning of the project, like I talked earlier, was healing from a lot of things. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of upbeat joyfulness. And mm-hmm. I was growing as a person, of course, and Justin wrote this kind of upbeat, pop, uh, fun track, and threw it my way and I was like okay yeah I could get down with this and you know when I first heard it like I was in a good place with like my personal life my romantic life my career like everything was very harmonious and still is and you know I'm still a sad ball on certain days but overall I feel you know it's amazing what like a year and a half can do for a person Mm -hmm. like I feel so much more grounded in myself, so much more confident in like our work, our music and things. And it really brought out this like undeniable love song. And at the time, sometimes when I'm writing things, I don't realize what they're about until like I sit back and I'm like listening to it. And I'm like, wow, like thinking about where I was when I wrote it. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, oh, is this like just about my new boyfriend? Like, I don't know. And I was like, (laughs) No, no, there's something, I mean, love him to death, but like, there's something a lot deeper here. And I was like, if I think about where I was, I was like, I was surrounded by this such strong, powerful, quote, undeniable love of everything in my life, everything that I was doing. And I, you know, if you look on my social media, when I posted about this song, I really honed in on that because it is all the people that I love in my life. It's it's about my family. It's about my friends. Like, yeah, the lyrics do have a bit of a romantic feel to them, but like, it's not all about the romantic mm-hmm. love. It's it's way more about that undeniable 
forever love that we all carry with us for yeah. people that have brought us through life. So, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but no. the way I also saw your Instagram posts and I totally was like, oh, like, it's like gratitude. It's like self-love, love for yeah. others, love for your yeah, family, yeah. your friends. Right. And I, yeah, I love is such a diverse term and it's power and it's meaning and it's everything. Like it can mean so many things. So I wanted to reach over all of those different fields of it, I guess, for sure. So did you guys write Undeniable Love during the pandemic or was it something that was written before? Oh, before. God, when did we write that? I guess we work on things for, I mean, honestly, like probably six months before we even like think about releasing them. Because little did I know, I thought you could just like literally poop out electronic music. It's not the (laughs) case. Sometimes I think it's harder than doing like live music. And I think people are like, oh, electronic, you know, you can just like plug in like the little samples of things and you've got a song. But like lining everything up and everything takes time. And Mm -hmm. again, like God bless Justin. He has two like four-year-old twin girls and he still manages to like have this project with me and do all of his like freelancing music jobs. And I'm like, dang. So it takes time. So to get this song out, we probably started working on it like this time last year, honestly. Wow. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, it was right. You know, we finished our EP, went out with that bang and yeah, started writing probably... Well, sometime last year. He might correct me on that. I don't really remember. But it's it's been a long process for sure. Longer than you would think. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. So have you guys written anything during the pandemic? Or are you guys kind of using this time as like a pause? Or is it, you know, harder because, you know, we're all inside? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's somewhere in the middle of all that. We have been working, working title on a song called Deck of Cards that might change, of course, but we are working on that with a third co-producer who remixed one of our old songs. Is it the Already Gone? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. It's so weird, like, listening to the remix that Minisance did and then going back to the actual song. I'm like, it's broken. It's too slow. And then I'm like, oh no, it's just the old version. <laughs> <laughs> my brain, like, does this weird twitchy thing. But yeah, so he's he's a close friend of Justin. So he's like around my age, like 25, 26. And mm-hmm. he helped us craft this new song that we're thinking about releasing soon. It's got like a cool disco-y vibe, which is fun. But we recorded a pretty rough sketch of it prior to the pandemic. Yeah, we record like anything as a rough sketch just to get it down on electronic paper, if you will. Mm-hmm. So we've just been revisiting all that stuff right now. And then trying to figure out where we want to go with it, if we want to start from scratch, if we want to work on things we had already recorded. But yeah, I think sooner than later, we'll be back in the studio because realistically, we're not really in that close contact. So mm-hmm. I think I think there's a possibility of some new stuff on the horizon. But no, we haven't gotten together this whole pandemic, which is crazy. But yeah. I think there's so much less pressure now on like, music artists and bands to put out like really long bodies of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're kind of seeing a shift in the music industry where, you know, it's not, here's a lead single. And then two months later, here's a full album. You know, there's a lot of bands releasing a single here and there, or here's an EP, here's another EP. And I really 
think that's great for artists because it kind of gives you freedom to not only live your life <laughs> and mm-hmm. not feel like you're being <laughs> like whipped into making music, but also it's more affordable of your time and your money. And oh, I think yeah. it's, you know, better access to other people to get quality content rather than here's two very good songs and nine songs that we're kind of eh about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to to make an album, it's, it's fucking expensive. I mean, the amount of money that goes into promotion and mastering tracks, etc. Like, it's, it's a chunk of change. Would I love to write a full album? Like, yeah, who wouldn't? But mm-hmm. I like the idea of singles. I think it's fun. I think sometimes when you write an album, you have to be tied to this, like, one specific sound, too. Whereas you can have a little more fun with singles, like... You know, it's not like, oh, everything has to be like 80s pop now. Like, can you can explore different things. And I Oh, that's think, true. Yeah. And I think, like, for us, like, Red Letter is still so new. Like, I feel like I've been doing it forever. But realistically, we're only, like, a year, two years in the making. And music, like, growing as a musical artist takes time. I have to ask you a question that I ask everyone that comes onto the show. Okay. But if you could call anyone from your past, who would you call and why? Dead or alive? Like, are there stipulations? <laughs> or? They can be dead. They can be alive. Right. They could be in a coma. You know. Oh, they- God. I hope not. That would be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> you know, I saw this question when you sent me over the things you're going to ask me. And I was like, I'll worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And here we are. The moment has come. The moment of truth. The moment of truth. I don't want to get heavy. That feels like, (laughs) oh, man, I don't want to do that. Personally, I lost a lot of family members when I was younger. And I would love Mm -hmm. to, like, call them and talk to them again. But, like, you know, I don't don't know about that. I don't know about that answer. That's Um, sweet, though. (laughs) That's totally sweet. I don't know. There's been, like, a lot of missed connections in my life. I could call so many people. I saw this one quote, and... I feel like my theme has been cheesy once. It was like, if you were told the phone lines would be disconnected in five minutes, like you would just have a million people calling people and like confessing their love to them. And I was like, that's so true. Oh, that um, would be so fascinating. <laughs> right? Like what, like what if you could never talk to anyone again? And you, like, what would you do? Wow. Anyway, I'm veering off in an aggressive left-hand turn. <laughs> There's not just one person. That's totally fine. I don't, you know, I ask everyone and it's a little hypocritical because I don't know who I would call. I mean, I'm calling <laughs> people on my podcast. Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing literally. I think it would be my friend Sarah from high school. Oh, Sarah from high school. Yes. We had a falling out, just different life views. But I think... It's something that never got resolved for me. Like, I feel like if I'm not including people who are dead because that's depressing and, like, all those people died sadly, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm thinking about somebody who something positive could come out of it, like, you know, if you call a dead person, they're going to stay dead. Like, nothing is (laughs) (laughs) going to happen, unfortunately. But, yeah, like, I would just love to talk to her as adults because... You know, I wanted certain things for her. She wanted certain things for me. Like, our lives just were not going the same way. And they're still not the same. I mean, she has this adorable little son now. But, like, you know, here I am in 
whatever, 25. and Making electro pop. <laughs> paying my rent and making electro pop and feeding <laughs> myself vegetables. Like, totally different life. But yeah, I think, I think she's someone I would love to reconnect with and maybe reestablish some kind of, like, healthy, normal friendship, even okay. through all our differences. I think that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah, I think, you know, you have, like, little tiffs and falling out with people when you're younger. And mm-hmm. as you become older, a lot of it becomes sort of irrelevant because you're not the same person, they're not the same person. And yeah. the circumstances seem a lot less dire. Mm -hmm. true (laughs) but I like that answer that's a great answer definitely no men there's no men (laughs) that I am trying to dial up that is for sure like mm -mm, you're in the past (laughs) for a reason yes which you know is good (laughs) I need to practice that Um, (laughs) (laughs) for real (laughs) so I have loved having you on the show I'm so yes it was lovely it was so lovely I'm so thankful like hearing your voice again. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's crazy what it does. I'm, I'm in such a better mood than I was. Look at that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Doing these always brightens my mood. And you've always been like super sweet. And I've always enjoyed like being around you and hanging out. And for all of those people listening, we actually do live in the same city. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just haven't seen each other in such a long time. I know. And so this was really This made me very, very happy having you. Me too. And I hope maybe we can reconnect once uh, the world opens back up, if you will. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to plug, so everyone get ready for this plug. (laughs) But make sure that you check out Kirsten's band, Red Letter. And again, that's R3DLTTR. So when you're searching it on Spotify, Apple Music, etc., their music's incredible and their new song Undeniable Love is actually a personal favorite of mine and because of that right at the end of this podcast aka after we say goodbye to each other <laughs> you're actually going to hear the track so make Ooh. sure you go out and support amazing well thank you thank you and to all those listening thank you for listening as well <laughs> yes thank you so much and let's hang out once it's over I think that's a great plan, Tor. I'll catch you <laughs> <again>. <laughs> All right. Talk to right. you later. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> the stars were aligned And I knew you were everything I wanted Moment in time Gone before we even knew it started Cause you're in my